0: generally what I've done, especially with our discographies, I I will write out the titles of each song in order. I'll leave about three or four lines between them. And then I will fill in those spaces with my initial thoughts of the song or the lyrics. um, And uh, hopefully these little bits of notes will be enough to spur a, a more detailed conversation.
1: See, I think if I did it that way, next to it would be like, like you said, the list of song titles, but then next to the song title would be like Poopoo poo butt, <laughs> you know, or, or, or stink technician, like a mad lib. But but you 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 put your notes together differently. It yeah, sounds like it sounds I guess like I'll, like I'll we find do. out. It sounds like we do. Yeah. But I can't wait to hear what you think. And if poo-poo butts is your opinion on Last Exit or not. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Clemens,
0: And I am Bob Canning. And Tim, I'm curious what your favorite Paula Abdul song is.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, there's, there's over two to pick from. I would imagine <laughs> its opposites attract... Is it? I mean, that's a duet, but that's, yeah, that's that's her her and someone else's song. I'm a big fan. Big fan of Straight Up. Yeah. I also like Rush Rush and Promise of a New Day and Forever Your Girl. And those are the songs I can think of. Off the top of your head, too, uh, listeners, I did not prep
0: Tim Blevins with any sort of, hey, I'm going to ask you about Paul Abdul today. So that's fantastic.
1: Not only did you not uh, prep me for it, you, you, um... You, you didn't have a reason to, I imagine. It was I just some it, right? random I, question. I, I, no, no,
0: no. I, I always, I always try and segue to our topic.
1: Yes, um, that time it did. Well, almost always. That time I don't. You don't know how it.
0: we're getting in there. One of my favorite Paul Abdul songs uh, is Vibology. Do you know Vibology from Paul Abdul?
1: I know the album Vibology wasn't that her third album, or was uh, that off?
0: Fr- it was off an album. It's a song off of her album um, Spellbound.
1: Oh, that's her second album. Okay, no, apparently I don't. I know where this is going, but I don't know the topic that's getting us there. Do you like that song? Could vibe-ology? you sing it right I don't now? Mind do you know it? how yeah, it goes? I, I enjoyed it at the time. I like that she
0: spelled vibology, but not completely. She spelled vibe and then added ology.
1: That is how you spell vibology. Yeah, but she doesn't spell ology. She just says ology. Oh, I mean, that is how I spell vibology. I don't have time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no we got a lot to do today. Um, this, Yeah, I, I, I hate to mislead any listener who's like, ooh, the Paul Abdul episode, I will listen to this. I misread the title. <laughs> no one's ever surprised by a podcast unless, unless they fell asleep and the next one just came on.
0: They might not be disappointed. They might be like, oh, Paul Abdul. And then, oh, no, it's actually Pearl
1: Jam. Right. They might so like So why, why, why don't you explain, just in case we did just wake someone up, why, when, why don't you... Uh, when,
0: the, when the third Pearl Jam album was named, when when it was uh, made known what that album was going to be called, and we learned that it was going to be called Vitology, I always, even today, I sing the title Vitology in my head as the song Vibology.
1: Oh, so there really was... A reason for this. I, I really thought this was a, a reach, but no, this is accurate. You, per- yes, people, uh, listeners, <laughs> today we're talking about Pearl Jam's Forever Your Girl. <laughs> a, uh, no, we're, we're talking about Vitology, their third album, yeah. an album that came out November 22nd, 1994, and an album that I guess prompts great memories for Bob, at least in the uh, choreographer slash pop star slash talk show they will, or uh, guest host, yeah, Paul Abdul. Always be tied together.
0: I cannot separate Paula Abdul from this third album from Pearl Jam.
1: And I wouldn't ask you to. I would never make that demand. But for the sake of the conversation, let's take a moment for the episode two, Uh take a moment to focus not so much on maybe Paula Abdul, but on the, on the band we're actually going to talk about, Pearl Jam. I mean, Pearl Jam is a band we've talked about before. Vitology, the third Pearl Jam album. This is Pearl Jam at its height I think. Yes. This is as big as Pearl is going to ever get for me. They were the grunge band I related to. They were the disgruntled voice of our generation. So I feel like the anticipation on this should have been huge.
0: And I think it was. I think yeah. it was I was excited. The title was interesting um and I Is it I'm,
1: like do you know what it means?
0: Um I know now and I I didn't know when I first heard the name of it, but then, you know, all the magazines and reports were telling me that it was the study of life, I believe. Is that accurate
1: in terms of the band? Do you think of – is that something you think of with them? Ooh, these 20-somethings and their study of life.
0: Um, I think so. I think really? it's it's maybe not life as a whole, but it's certainly um, Eddie Vedder's life, the study of life of this band, especially this album. I have it right here, by the way. Not that anyone can see, but I do have the original because it's a little book. It's a little yeah. What do,
1: you, what do you think of the design of it? Not to spend too much time on it, but what do you think of it as, as a piece?
0: Uh, I think it's great. Like, I think it's like an actual book. I don't think it's their design. I think there's a, a, a real book that they stole the design from, uh, at least for the cover. And then like the inside, they did their own thing. But uh, yeah, I think it's awesome.
1: Well, why don't we start with, uh, why don't we go through it track by track?
0: Yes, our compact discussion of the album Vitology.
1: That's what the segment's called. Yeah, I don't and, think we've uh, said that yet. So No, nah, I didn't know if we would, but you did, so I'll back you up. That is I very exactly much enjoy the title, Compact Discussion. I think it's a, a smart, fun title. TM, 2017. So the first track on this is a song called Last Exit, and um, it sounds like a tune-up. You know, it's like, it's, it's almost like an overture kind of thing. The way it starts. Yeah, the opening,
0: it sounds like they've even got some strings in there. Everybody's just tuning. Yeah. Tuning their instruments.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it screams concept album, the way this starts sort of. And, and which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, it's exactly how Pearl Jam works in a way. There's a mood to this, you know, like thundering drums and guitars that kind of build and build and you get your insensible lyrics by Eddie Vedder. And then that's. That's what this song does, and that's what this band is. But to start off that way, you know, we're three albums into their career. Are they a parody of themselves by starting this this way? Like, how did you feel like hearing this as the opening track? Specifically to the
0: tuning up, I didn't mind it at all. I always like a, a nice, unique opener, and tuning your instruments is always a good way to do it.
1: Shouldn't um, they do that before they hit record? Though, of, of course they should. But um, what it did for me—they're like, they're ready. Like I don't want to see an actor stretch, you know, or like if you if a Muppet program started and it's a bunch of people putting the puppets on, <laughs> like that's not that's not engaging. That breaks the illusion.
0: It doesn't work for everything, but the the what the way I kind of interpreted it, and it worked too once the song started and, and the notes that I put down. It, it's it's sort of them showing. That we're here. This is real. These are instruments. They they sometimes sound good. They they need to be tuned. Um, This is a real thing. We're a real band. And now let's just thrash into the song with the drums. Bum, bum, bum. The whole song is is almost the opposite of the feeling you get of the tuning, which is like kind of sweet and soft. A little bit of strings in there. And then it just crashes into
1: the song. But it's staged. If they're a real band, sure. a real band doesn't need to put that on an album.
0: No, it is. It's staged. It's it's to make a point. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting the point that they want to get across, but that's that's what I came away with. And as I was listening to this opening song, I was reminded that this is the the most raw-sounding Pearl Jam album, I think, uh, from their catalog. Vitalogy
1: is? I think so. I think it's got oh a— Oh, my God. We are a, already off on different feet.
0: Really? I think it's got a rougher, sloppier sound— than the other two, certainly more than verses. And I think that hearing hearing the instruments being tuned um, maybe feeds into that for me, is that this is this is like a one-take sort of thing.
1: But how many takes in do you think before they got that opening right? Could have been 36. Right, that's the thing. I And I, I know we're just starting off to it, but this whole album feels so put together. And part of it's because you have such an ornate package from the beginning this is a big band. We all See, know them wow. as a big band. They have their persona of the outsider band, but they are presenting every last little bit to remind you that this we're different from other CDs and, and, and it's jagged. And here's some handwritten lyrics. Here's some typed out lyrics. And here we are not ready to record the song we're recording. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I get it. And I and I, I understand what you're saying. And maybe to think of it back then, maybe it hit me that way. But this time I could not feel a little like, and this is establishing how I'm supposed to feel about them.
0: Yeah. But isn't that sort of the point with bands anyway?
1: No, no matter think-
0: no matter what song, whatever song they put first is always, I would imagine, I've never been in a band, but I imagine they're going to put a lot of thought into that opening song and how to open it. And in a lot of ways, they're doing that to make you feel a certain
1: way and to prepare you I don't know if it's prepared. I think I think you can you put songs in the sequence. You put them in an order on an album. I do think there's an art to that. I just feel like if you're you can put a concept album forth, and that's fine. If your concept is we're a sloppy band, here it is. That's strange to me. And again, I don't think we're well, enough in talking about the album to know about that. Do, I'm just going you, off of what you were just saying. Do you
0: consider the album a concept album? I did not, but in the way you're talking about this opening. I can see a concept developing. I can see how I could tie in some themes here and and call it a concept album.
1: Have you listened to this recently prior to deciding, before we decided to do this for the episode? No, not
0: as a whole album. And that's generally the case whenever we do a discography. It's like I haven't listened to the entire album in quite a while, um, front to back. Um, So no, but uh, you know, songs will pop up here and there. But the album as a whole,
1: um, this was my return to it um, in decades. Was it exciting to hear the, the, this first track then?
0: It was for me. It was. Yeah. Because I I really liked it. And as I'm listening to just even getting into the second song, um, I was like, God, I forgot how much I really enjoy this album.
1: So you were already thinking of it as an album by the time we got to track two. Yeah. Spin the Black Circle.
0: Yeah. Did it feel Spin like an Black. awkward
1: segue? Was that?
0: I was just saying spin the black. I was going to repeat spin the black, spin the black.
1: Because that's what he does. Because that's what he does, yeah. Yeah, because what's this song about? Can't tell. It's it's really cryptic.
0: It's not cryptic at all. Why does it have to be cryptic? You're you're, you're put off by the fact that he's has a, a love song to playing records and music?
1: He's geeking out with a song about records. Yeah. But he can't do that. He has to be all clever or, or dark or ethereal with this title, spin the black circle, like it's some sort of cult magical device. It's a fucking record he's singing about. And I like the rest of the song, but the fact that it's called that well, and the fact what? that he's shouting that just makes me think like you just 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 be a fan of records. He has to distinguish himself from other record fans by treating it like it's some weird what is this otherworldly piece of Record material. What are records made out of? Vinyl material? Is that why they're called vinyl? Yeah. Vinyl.
0: Wax. A lot of people remember they were made out of wax.
1: Spin uh, the wax. He, he, had he said that, at least that's a phrase people say. I think DJ said that in the movie Grease. Sure. But Tim, this is a musician, an artist, a poet. Sure. Of
0: course he's going to use analogies and different uh, uh, different describers to, to bring an ethereal... Uh, uh, emotion out to you about
1: the things that he loves. Why is that so wrong? Because it just sticks out. I love the idea of what the song is about. I like that it's quick. And again, I'm not obsessive about records. I didn't grow up with records. I remember this song coming out and I got that, okay, this is about a nostalgia and records weren't even gone that long by the time the song came out. I like that. But I just feel like then just say something about records. Just, just it's a love song. Be the geek who's into these things. Acknowledge that you're just a music geek.
0: Well, the but whole song though is using um, phrasings and descriptions that you no, don't. The song's just hear.
1: an instructional of how a record player needle works. Yeah, That's but the you, most but, of the but, song. But which but is when great. does he
0: ever say? When does he ever say record
1: player needle? Spin I don't, the needle. Put it okay. down. Something okay. like that.
0: I, says, I guess I don't have the instructions
1: uh, okay. in front of me of how to work a record, you're but right. I know it's in the song.
0: You're right. He's, he does say, see this needle, drop it down, um, touch the plane. You never really hear that about a record, that the, it's a flat plane. But that's um, the extent of
1: the creativity I'm willing to give it, cause I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing there. It's just, just... But you're
0: put off by, by the black circle. There's another one, the crooked arm. He mentions a crooked arm in there. I like and- that one, though. Yeah, again, but it's not—it's so not. That's specifically what that's called. That is saying, called the
1: arm on a record player. Ah,
0: <sighs> fine. I—I I am just thrown by this because it's art. It's—it's—it's it's, it's poetry, and so you use phrasings like "spin the
1: black circle." You don't just say "play my record." Play, play, play my record would be great. I would make that song three minutes versus the two forty-five. <laughs> it was play, play my record. <laughs>
0: I just think – and you enjoy the the song as a whole, though, is what I you're I love saying.
1: this – yeah. By the way, it, again, two and a half minutes. Don't have to deal with it for too long. I love this song. I think it's great. It's a it's weird a segue. Song, but you don't like the
0: fact that he can't just say it's it's a record. It's just – I mean, that's the point of music. That's the point of, of a lot of music. There are some musicians – I was thinking about this with, with other songs on this album – where there's a lot of phrasings in here that are not direct. Um, You could take them directly, but then combined with the next phrase that he uses, it's like, how does that tie together? Um, And so you have to – it's just little snippets and pictures and things.
1: Do you look at Eddie Vedder as a lyricist? Do you think of him as a poetic lyricist?
0: I think of him as a poetic lyricist. I was going to compare him to Ben Folds because I was thinking of that. Ben Folds writes – lyrics that are very straightforward that tell a story that have characters that have time frames and it's you're not going to not know what the song is about when it's been folded. eddie vetter uses more poetic uh words and and phrasings um it's more of a theme of a here's a cup a tone it's a tone poem or whatever like well i guess musics would be tone poems but yeah, there's, there's there's two different ways to approach so that. So his and lyrics
1: I, are musical, you're saying. His lyrics could be put to music. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. No, but I'm saying, it's not, it's not a straightforward story. You can interpret Eddie Vedder's lyrics a certain way, um, and then somebody else could hear the same lyrics
1: and interpret it in a completely different way. Not this song, but other songs. But here's the thing. I'm all for what you just described. I think that's great. You just said yourself, but not this one. There's something phony about, and it's just a spin the black circle part. It's just like, I even like the spin, spin, like that's fine. But the fact that the name of the song, which you see on the the listing, what DJs would say were coming up next, and the fact that he's singing, here's a man in his late 20s singing Spin the Black Circle, it doesn't feel sincere. It feels like he's saying, look at what I'm doing. Hear this, not hear the song, not hear how I feel. Look at how I'm going to treat records mystically. This title... And again, as we're going through the album, it's going to come up again. I think we're seeing a trick. It's not as sincere, and that's fine. Songs can be tricks, and they are, to a degree. All art is a trick. This conversation, to a degree, is probably a trick. But I won't stumble over other things the way I stumble over Spin the Black Circle. Oh, you mean a record? Yeah. Yeah, I mean a record. Oh, oh, wow. I I mean, it just... and we'll move on, but you kind
0: of just made my point when you called it, when you said that he was just making it this mythical thing by
1: calling it a black circle. That's exactly the point. It just seems lazy. Like, I get it. Like, he's writing a song about the mythic feeling of music. That's fine. And the record is the vessel for that. But his it's just, there's no creativity in that title. And I like the song, but I just, I do, that sticks out to me because that's how it's on, that's how it's listed. That's how I remembered it. And I've always thought this, and I've always liked the song, but I've always if i'm singing along to it i'll mumble that part cuz it like, sounds dumb <laughs> agree to disagree do you connect to it cuz you like we're both saying we're not fans of records
0: um, no i connect to it i absolutely connect to it not because of the record per se but just the love of music i connect to it that i always love songs that are about songs or about listening to to songs um, <laughs> i do there there are quite a bit of songs about songs and music um, and yeah, no, I've always loved this. And the the passion with which he sings it too is what I love. And the m- mysticism that he brings to it and, and the detail of lowering the needle down. And yeah, and, and that he chooses this over you. At one point, he sings that. He would rather listen to the music than
1: hang out with a person. That's great. I'm totally for that. You know what else people write a lot of songs about? Shapes, squares, triangles, circles. People write about that stuff too. I feel like he's hiding. He can't just let it be about an obsession. So he has this weird title that gets in my way. Okay. And we're going to talk in circles <laughs> if we keep it up. So we can move on to the next track if you'd like. Yeah. It's a poignant title all of a sudden. Not for you. The title of this one is good writing. Not for you. Sure. That's, that's, that's grunge title 101. It's so perfect a theme for Pearl Jam. I'm just like, how long can you really do that? before it starts to become a gimmick.
0: You seem put off by the fact that it, it it's a good song that represents the band. Um, one would think that if that were the case, then it would just be perfect instead
1: of too perfect. But I, um, I can kind of see where you're going. Yeah, well, with, that's with an um, interesting point, though. I mean, I it's too perfect in that there are other songs that do it better, other songs that I get more from in their past catalog. And this song just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm dissecting it like this. It just seems too- Maybe it's not
0: newer. Like, it's not a new idea. It's just the same concepts that they've been singing about uh, packaged up exactly as you would expect it from a Pearl Jam song. And it's fine and it works, but it's not a new idea.
1: And they're a success story at this point. Yeah. So who is he? What's his problem?
0: Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, and and you find this a lot with third albums, even second albums, where if if the bands have success, they can't quite sing about what they sang about before, especially if what they were singing about before was not having success and struggling and um and being on the outside, um, like Spellbound by Paul Abdul, exactly, um. But a lot of times, these songs were written during that initial time, and so now they've got to they've got to keep keep putting records out, and so now they're pulling songs that did fit them before, but maybe don't fit them now. But it's still a good song, and and they want to record it and, and put it out there. So I don't know when I don't know when this song was re- was written, um, but that could be part of the
1: problem. Um, but doesn't it impact you? It's kind of like. Because again, this is a good song for where I was at the time. I I don't know why I didn't attach to it then. I'm hearing it as yes, this is a good rendition. I guess part of what's bothering me is if Pearl Jam was kind of like, and I, I'm paraphrasing what you just said, so correct me if I'm wrong. But if they're realizing that oh, it's our third album, we got to get some of those things that people know Pearl Jam for on this. You know, even if it's old, we got to put this out there because that's what the people want. It almost cheapens those feelings. No, like it's yeah, almost- you
0: misinterpreted what, what I said. I, I don't think they're putting out what they think that people want. I think it might be a song that they wrote when they were in a different mindset. Um, but they feel like it's still a worthy song to include on this album. You're not suddenly going to have Pearl Jam writing about um, the, the lush life that they can now live. And in fact, most of these songs, especially coming up, are the exact opposite of that. It's like, um, what have I gotten myself into with this popularity?
1: You think? You think this is that that? I album don't know if this them?
0: song is that song, but there are, there are others coming up that are. Although this song could be. Here's the thing, too. You can't always hear and understand all of the Eddie Vedder lyrics in songs. I would
1: say the majority.
0: Yeah, and so what you do, you latch on to the ones you can hear, and it's often the repeated refrains at the end. So at this song, this is not for you. This is not for you. This is not for you. Fuck you! Is how the song ends. That's that's like what you clasp onto as what the song is about, and that's that's easy and good. You, you look at the lyrics um, and you finally kind of understand it and read it, there's, there's a lot more to it there. It's, it's about small my table, sits just two, got so crowded, I can't make room. So to me, this is – and maybe this can be interpreted as being written of the era. To me, it's like I had a small little world, and now – We've gotten popular, and and now my table, which was really just for two, is so crowded. And this this me, was not for you. You know, it could be interpreted that way. Like suddenly, my world, which was just my world, is now everybody's world because this band has gotten big, and everybody's following us, and reporters talking to us. Everybody wants to know everything about me, about my band. Um, so maybe he did write this in this era, and now it's specific to them which I think a lot of these songs coming up are and not just a voice of the generation it's just Eddie Vedder
1: oh, that's that's an interesting interpretation I had not heard and I because forget you couldn't if you said, understand the lyrics well that's that is part of it they I think they may have been written in that very well put together and produced package that the CD came in I forgot if you said did you enjoy the song when it came out
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed and still enjoy the entire album. So, I mean, there are, there are some filler tracks on here that are experimental or whatever that I just kind of skip over. I think they're called
1: garbage tracks.
0: Sure. You can call them that. But there are some songs on here, like all the song songs, like this is, I don't know if I said it before, but I'll say it now. This is my favorite Pearl Jam album.
1: Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. I don't. I mean, because it's not my choice. That's a dumb sentence. That would uh, be weird. Yeah. How how dare I have a different opinion? I know. I really thought we were doing the show together. (laughs) But if that's you want to break off on your own, your own little opinions that are perfectly yours and not manipulated by what I say ahead of time in a well-written email, that's fine. (laughs) That's totally fine. But do you think you were connecting to something in the song back then? Because what you just described, which I like, is not where we were. I don't think. No, yeah, no, I
0: wasn't there. And I wasn't again, I wasn't hearing all of the lyrics. And as much as you talk about this super wonderfully packaged um uh CD case. Uh, CD case. Thank you. Um the lyrics themselves are difficult to read. The lyrics are usually mostly handwritten. So it's even like it's the the uh the visual interpretation of Eddie Vedder's hard to understand lyrics right here because this is hard to read, hard to read
1: lyrics. Why would you print lyrics for someone to read in an illegible penmanship? That's a weird, purposeful decision.
0: I mean, you can make it out, but you gotta, you gotta struggle. This album is a struggle. I, I disagree. I really like this album.
1: Do you like the next song, Tremor Christ? I do. Yeah, I always skip this one as a kid. I don't remember listening to it. Uh, is it because it's churchy? That's the thing. It is pretty overly <laughs> religious with the Messiah imagery, which, and this might be why I used to skip it. Because even by that point as a kid, you know, what he's reaching for with that imagery just seems obvious. You know, it seems manipulated. Like, I, I he's played out the fake Catholic guilt, you know? mm and he, and that's the thing, too. It's Catholic guilt. So that's not going to be the one to convince everyone in the world of religious hypocrisy, which, don't get me wrong, I am in agreement of religious hypocrisy. But this song, this doesn't make any waves with that. This would be the song of someone who just discovered, oh, you can do this? You, you, you can bring in these elements of religion and put it in a song and it's blasphemous? Let's do this. But they've done it before. This has already happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I, uh, I what's like in it? it? What's, what's in the song? What's in it? for you
0: um musically and that's the thing that i always go to first with songs is just the the sound of it and i enjoy the the sound of this song
1: you like music for the sound of it yeah can you believe it tim Hmm. i like it for the packaging the sound of it you like the package i do Was this something you remembered playing? Like, did this ever show up on a mixed disc of yours? No, I
0: don't know if I did. I I mean, it's it's not my favorite song on the album. No, I don't don't think
1: it came up often, but I don't mind it. I'll tell you, if you want to talk favorite songs on the album, this track five. Track five's good. This Nothing Man song. This is a song that I still listen to off of this album, this this track. You know what it does to me? It always... I always lower my
0: shoulders when I hear this song. Like, I always sink down a little to hear yeah. it. Yeah.
1: This one really actually does sum up something, you know, and, and it's just something about college and how damaging college can be. And, and I don't know. I, this song is magnificent. I love it. That's great. It's great. And it, it's also more than a lot of their songs.
0: It's, it's a specific story song. I feel like it's Eddie Vedder singing about someone else instead of himself.
1: Now, do you feel like this is a Pearl Jam song or is this an Eddie Vedder song?
0: Um, I mean, I always I can't separate it. I always think of it as a Pearl Jam song. Um, but a lot of Pearl Jam songs, I guess I think of as Eddie Vedder songs, you know, just because he's the lyricist. Um, I don't know if there are many, at least not off the top of my head, that are lyrically written by other members of the band. Do you
1: not on this album? From what I read, this album was difficult to record. He did a lot of the writing. He was directing the direction of the band, and the band would play separately and stuff. But that aside, because I don't know the whole story of it. No, this this song, this is the only song in the album I really go back to. Not the only one. I guess there's another one. Now that I think about it. But I, I, I play this one. I'm sure it comes up every week on a playlist. Yeah. You know, this one really spoke to me the way, like, Unsatisfied by the Replacement spoke to me. And it, it's an anthem that works. And I never think of it as being off of this album. I almost think of it as being off of verses, even though I know it's not. It it almost fits that more. Right, right. But it just feels different. It feels new. It has a different sound. It's cleaner. It's a cleaner sound from from the rest of the album. That's the thing. It's actually more produced than the other stuff. It is a cleaner sound. And it's interesting. And it's a different direction. And I don't know if people like it. I don't know if the band likes it. But this at least sounds different, you know, to look at it in the the bigger oover of their work, this sounds different than some of their other songs. Uh, Yeah, it does. It does. And like, and
0: I don't know if there's a lot that, like, I see this as a character study. Like, it's, it's, I picture one person, one man that he's singing about. um, You don't think it's about himself? I mean, it could be, but I've never pictured it that way. Do you relate
1: to it as if it's about yourself?
0: Um, I do. I, I picture it about myself. Yeah. I am the nothing how, That's man. my
1: connection to it.
0: Yeah. The the line that always grabs me is, uh, caught a bolt of lightning, curse the
1: day he let it go. Sure. It's I like, always think that's about a person, a particular person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The whole song, I think, is about, a like, I picture it about a particular person. I'm not saying it's a, a person he knows, but, like, he's he's written and, and created this character
1: which I think is great. And here's the thing with it, like for a band that's supposed to represent my dissatisfaction and distance from the rest of society, and it has been for two previous albums, you know, the misanthropic view of my world, blah, blah, blah. This is a song that's preparing me. You know, this shows some growth in him or them, I should say them, as the narrators and the songwriters. They're a little ahead of their audience, myself. And it's almost like a cautionary tale. It's something new. Yeah, and I wish the rest of the album, I don't know if I would have back then, but I wish the rest of the album had that kind of. Because this does feel like, you know, we talk about a band can't sustain it, whatever it was. This is the band, or at least again, maybe Eddie Vedder, stepping into a new realm of life. Stepping, you know, th- there's an acknowledgement. And again, maybe it's not about him, which changes this. But for me as a listener, if this song is about me like there are other ones, this is acknowledging a fault. You know, this is acknowledging something slipped. And so that that's maturity in a way. Yeah. A warning sign. Yeah. Not a yield sign. <laughs> and not an avocado. <laughs> a but a avocado. warning sign. But uh, best song on the album? Is that what you would say? That's what I would say. And the only song I listen to, well, again, there is one other one I keep forgetting. Okay.
0: We'll get to that. Yeah. You probably don't listen to the next song, track seven
1: track 6 isn't it
0: um i think it's one, two, three, wasn't oh was uh, it so right but, i wrote yeah. the numbers around
1: does it look more like a boob
0: no it's i went from 5 to 7 i wrote i wrote 5 and then i wrote 7 instead of
1: 6 oh so you this album would seem interminable this is It'd weird there are, with your I have
0: 26 songs on this album somehow
1: oh my god four of them good one of them great uh what's what's track 6
0: uh whipping right and this this song I see is exactly what you've been saying. A lot of these Pearl Jam songs are um, just the complaints and cynicism of life. And it how, is right, yeah. right off the
1: bat, he's telling us what he doesn't need. <laughs> That's <Wait>. basically it.
0: <laughs> but what he's saying is, but but it like it's it's I like the song, um, but again, it's a theme they've sung about um, where the the man's holding us back and knocking us down. He doesn't need the helmet because. Uh, He's already uh, got a hard head. He doesn't need the raincoat. He's not he's a already, good cyclist. He's
1: and already he's, wet. I don't know if he has kids, but he's not a good example of like Don't let your kids watch him on a bike.
0: I mean, right. No, I, but I'm interpreting it as he's already broken. He's already beaten down. Uh, and it's because they, quote unquote, they are whipping. Um, and, I, you know, you can interpret that many different ways. But I, I see it as the man um, holding them back. It's a good song. I like I, again, it, yeah. Like, it's, I, it's I, a, I like, I like a, it too. I wrote that it's a brutish, just rough song, and I, I like that aspect of it, the sound of it.
1: Yeah, and on its own, I think it's fine. But like you just said, in the context of the band, how many times do we need this song? Back in 1994, I probably needed it a lot.
0: And see, the thing is, like, I am hearing it today again, and I can interpret it into things in my life now, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like you can- I didn't get that. You can indicate that, you know, back then it was the man. That's
1: pretty general that, that's doing the whipping. Did Like the car insurance, the general that's friends with Shaquille O'Neal? Wait, I, I missed all of that except for Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, the <laughs> famous stand-up <laughs> comic slash basketball star, Shaquille O'Neal. No, the, the general, I thought you said. <laughs> the general? To save some time? That guy? Yeah, to, that guy. Is that That's not what you said? No, I don't think I said that at all. Does he have a cover of whipping, or is that who the, the man is? The general, the general is holding you back. That's what the song is for you now. The, Stop it, general. With your I see suggestions, what you're saying. generally, in general terms, the man in, in his terms of of his company and how they work with insurance. <laughs> it's the
0: man that's holding you back in general. Um, but I'm saying you can you, just in life as your life changes, your interpretation of songs can change, or how it affects you can change, because they're whipping. The they of that can be uh, my boss. It could be um, the the way the government is working right now. It could be um, my neighbors uh, or the, the the you know trying to think of like. A- but does
1: that still work when you're an adult? Because isn't there a bit of whininess? Because it's just a blame game at that point. I mean- personified for you in the form of that monopoly piece, the general. <laughs>
0: I, I guess, I mean, no, I I mean, yes, I guess so, but I think you could still use that song and use the, the sound it's making and the, the the guttural feeling it's giving you.
1: Because I, I get that. I, I think I get that. I just, I don't see, I get that as the mindset of where I was at. It's a weird mindset now. I don't look at myself as against the world the way I just I, I did back then. Yeah, I look at elements in the world are working against us. Elements of the world are poorly thought out. But but you know what you know to talk about the current administration, which I think you're referencing to talk about Shaquille O'Neal's friend, the general, as you were also referencing. I see that, but I don't see. I have allies now where I did not before. Right. There's a group of us that are striving to do something. And I don't think this song has the space to do something because he's not going to put that helmet on his head when he bikes to your kid's house for the birthday party. Yeah, and that's a bad sign. But that's why it's interesting that you're. I don't. I cannot relate to those songs without reverting. And I don't know if that's good to do. Like the Pearl Jam songs that speak to me are like Better Man, or I'm sorry, Nothing Man. So many biology. So many men. So many men out there. Um, yeah, the elderly man behind the counter. All of those. I can relate to those. But these songs that are, yeah, about the angst-ridden rebellion, and maybe that's why I'm struggling with this album. It's difficult to use those songs now, to have them power me the way certain songs do. Sure. So that's why they kind of to have a whole album of them where it's track after track. It just seems staged. Mm. So that's why I don't fully get how you're using whipping in your life, but it sounds like you are. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's it's a matter of... Trust by Billy Joel. <laughs> it can be. No, I think it's a matter of you can, you can use the song as this wide world interpretation type of thing. But then you can also bring it down into just specific moments, specific events, specific interactions. Um, you're saying that the song takes you back to that bigger picture um, of it's us against the world. Um, and I had that experience, and it takes me back there as well. But I can also relate to songs, not just this song, but other songs. I, get, I find new meaning in them based on the life that I've lived since last I heard them. Um,
1: Did the life that you live prepare you for the next song? Um, are we up to pry to? Unless you had more to say about whipping, I did just cut you off. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I think we've we've talked it out. I'd like to go back to spin the back circle. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> I still get it. What is he talking about? Is, that, is it some sort of an animal? Is it the the Milky Way? What? 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 Is it the general's monocle? General doesn't have a monocle. No. That's that weird Bernstein Bear thing. But track seven, Pry Two. This is this is not a like I don't see this as like a song. It's on the album and it's got its own number. This is one of those fillers. It's filler, yeah. Why do you put filler on an album? Well, because it's a concept album. <laughs> you don't think it's a concept album? I, like, I, I think I it's a concept album. I, I think it's a bad concept album. I can
0: album. I can see a con. There is a concept, and "Pry" 2 is the theme of that concept,
1: basically. But the band just jamming. It's the band just so jamming. Do you know that do, they're you just know, jamming? Like,
0: you, do you know the lyrics? You know what he's spelling out?
1: Um, is it the general? <laughs> no. Of he's saying "privacy." Privacy. Yeah. So what? What? So he, he, he wants to draw attention to his need for privacy. Yes, that's what that that was his mind state at this time. This is what I was talking about before. How he is, it's underdeveloped. This is the this is a minute of the album. Yeah, <laughs> it's a snippet track. Like we just turned the mic down. And this is what these guys were doing. This, this is, is what them they did. They jammed it
0: out, and he he spelled out privacy and said it was priceless to him. P-R-I-V-A-C-Y is priceless to me. Um, and he wanted to put that out that, there. That, by the way, is,
1: is just a little longer than saying privacy is priceless to me because he spelt it out. That's true. He could have spelt it out and then said, like, to M-E. He could have done that. He could have done that. He could done have that. spelled out me. He could have, have spelt out Eddie Vedder, they, E-D-D-I-E space. They did something. spelt his last <laughs> name. This is where I'm like, it's indulgent. because Do you really think this song's deep? Do you find a – shouldn't it be more of a song then? I don't think it's deep. I think it's direct. It'd be more direct just to say it.
0: I be, yeah, spell but it. they put it to a little jam. Little, but it's not jam. yeah,
1: and it's just it. Th- this bothers me because I feel like this is maintaining the. We don't record the way albums are recorded. We just got snippets. We just this just happened, and we somehow caught on the m- record microphone. Is that they record records on record microphone? That happens though, Tim. That does happen. Yeah, and then I spent my sixteen dollars to get this album. And you got a bunch of other songs that they put more thought into. Yeah, well, finish this one if you're going to put it there. (laughs) We don't put episodes up of this pod. Not that people are paying for the show. (laughs) I mean, they're paying in time. So if we do that conversion. But it's not like we start an episode about Skippy Handelman and Family Ties. they are like, ooh, we didn't have much to say about Skippy Handelman. Ah, Just put four minutes up about Skippy Handelman. Call it a week. We don't do that. No, but
0: if we did did do that, we would add uh, 10 more snippets about other things that were
1: more intriguing. All right, we're doing exactly the same thing Pearl Jam's doing on biology. <laughs> it's a conscious choice to put an album together. These things weren't recorded all in one take. They weren't even recorded. And we know this from because you can read it online. They didn't just sit down for one night and record this album. Th- there's a purpose behind that. And that purpose, I think, is to maintain some credentials of like, we don't just write pop songs because I think they're deathly afraid. We're going to see it in a little bit. They're deathly afraid of a pop song, even though they have the ability to compose one. And I think this album is to to regain or maintain or create some credentials that it's just like they they don't need. They actually are recording this in the studio. We're not idiots to think that there's no money behind this album. You don't have to fill the album up with your one takes.
0: Are you saying an artist who is getting paid can't have the freedom to put
1: on their album different ideas and messages and... and no, they of course they can do whatever they want and should, and people might enjoy this. I just think, like, there is a decision to put this on your album. And I don't know what that decision is, and it doesn't seem sincere, because I feel like this this is just... This is cool for your bootleg album, B-Sides album, down the line. It's like, here's some snippets of, you know, what we never put on an album before. Except we did. It was a minute long. It was meant to... to it was like I was playing Wheel of Fortune and I got lucky with the word privacy and that's it like that's <laughs> I just think it's weird because it's trying so hard not to be a song but it's packaged on something of songs it's listed in a list of songs
0: let me ask you this then if if this is a concept album and we've got songs about privacy and fame and how it affects a person um why is it why is it so bad to have
1: a snippet because of a concept this track is, is a noise it doesn't do anything for me it doesn't work for me
0: yeah, no, I get that. And there are a couple other songs on here that don't work for me yeah, that's, either. Yeah, that's why. But they are part of the theme and the concept, and and, and they are artists and poets,
1: and this is just one other way to, to, to send that message. But if we took this track off, it would throw your numbering off further, but it would make the album 54 minutes instead of 55. Yeah, you can take...
0: There's four songs on here, I think you could... Or th- at least three that you could take off that are just artistic kind of uh poetic they're not songs and that's why they're on there
1: that's the weird thing they're on there so you can throw those words at it to remind yourself oh wait they're not just a band because just bands just radio friendly bands have albums with songs and again they're deathly afraid of just having an album of songs even though that's what i go to albums for songs I guess you could be afraid,
0: and therefore you're putting other things in there. What if they're not afraid of that, but in fact, what they're excited to have other songs on there, other interpretations of messages?
1: If I wrote the word privacy on a piece of paper, and then recorded myself reading each letter of that word into a microphone, and somebody played a little jam guitar behind it, I would be embarrassed if I considered that something somebody would want to listen to. Well, isn't that like performance art? Wouldn't Can't they... Isn't that what that is? But I'm coming to this as an album. Sure. And you said yourself you don't think it's a concept album, so you're coming to it as an album. I think. I right?
0: initially did not think it was a concept album, but now I'm I'm turning on that.
1: You're turning on I, that.
0: I think there is a concept album here, and it's about privacy. And this maybe was the 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 crux of it. This is the middle part. So why did they, they release the, the other song. song?
1: They should have just released this one.
0: That might have been enough. That could have been a message that they could have put out there.
1: Well. To to get on track with them as a band, why don't we move on to the next track? Okay. There was some weird wording in there. But uh, song number eight, Corduroy. Yeah. After everything we just said, and my apparent distaste for this album, this is one of the best Pearl Jam songs ever written. Some say it is the best Pearl Jam song. Are you that person?
0: I am not. I don't. I'm not claiming it is the best, but it is very, very good. No, I've read, you know, I, I like lists. And this tops a lot of Pearl Jam lists.
1: This might be the last true gasp of Pearl Jam as the band that I needed at that time. You know, it's another "I don't need something" song. I don't want something song. I like that,
0: but it's it's much more specific than that. Um, it's it's not just about something. It's literally about fame. This is where the
1: the theme and the oh really uh, concept album comes in. Yeah, I mean, is that what the title "Corduroy" means? Yeah, I didn't know it at the time. Like that bear in the department store? <laughs>
0: it's not the bear. The song itself uh, was inspired when um, Eddie Vedder saw uh, a corduroy vest um, that m- mimicked or was exactly like one that he had worn on tour or worn in a music video or something. Um, and it was it was being sold as Eddie Vedder style corduroy vest. The, the interpretation of that and the fact that I'm just a guy who suddenly – is very famous to the point where there are items out there that people can buy with my name on it or or to become me. I wanted this so much. I wanted to be a successful musician. Um, it was all I wanted. And now that I'm here, it's such a mess.
1: I had no idea. Thanks for explaining that to me. That's awesome. This song is awesome. You know what else is pretty awesome? Bugs? Yeah, it's not awesome. No. Track nine. Do you have, do you want you say everything about track nine bugs? Well, it's the theme continues.
0: So three songs in a row. We've got privacy. We've got I wanted fame, but now it's messed messed me up. And now we've got bugs. Bugs in my room. Bugs
1: all over. Do you think this succeeds in doing anything?
0: I mean, it is not a Pearl Jam song. It is just another breakaway, like like uh, Pry two was of. Uh, a beat poem, you know, uh, a spoken spoken word performance art type of thing.
1: And you think he figured the metaphor out before he started singing it?
0: Oh, yeah. I think he wrote
1: the whole thing out. I think the whole metaphor was written out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't think he just saw a copy of a Franz Kafka book on a shelf?
0: It, I mean, that may have started it, but then he did take the time to write it down.
1: This is garbage, I think. It's an accordion it's uh, it's not a clever metaphor that it's not a clever poem I do I don't get anything from it. I didn't like it back then either. Oh yeah no no
0: I've never liked bugs um but I, you know again it's it's one one version of the story they've been trying to tell across several songs here. This is just one other way of doing it
1: but there must be songs that didn't make it onto the album there must be songs that didn't make it
0: i think the thing i'm struggling with is that that you
1: seem to be saying like like you know why they've done it no i don't and i i, I have my interpretation of it obviously i'm not in the band Yeah. i didn't write bugs i don't know why it exists <laughs> i'm i'm talking about how i perceive it that's why so that's what these discussions are and my perception of it and why i have trouble with it is what you know that's all i have and my perception of pearl jam at the time was this bleeding powerful representation of what it felt like to be lost at 21 20 I guess we were 20 and they so meant that at the time so what I'm dealing with now when I look at this album is it's not always sincere if that's how I'm viewing it and again I don't know them I only know them as the band who recorded these three albums I can look at this and be like, okay, at that time of my life, I was so certain I was on the outskirts, that I was an outsider. How much of that was real? How much was manufactured? And this, to me, is manufactured. I, You know, Bugs isn't any accomplishment of an outside artist. It's It's a garbage track that they chose. That's the thing. All albums are put together. I know that. They chose to put this here. Again, I think at the time, <clears throat> this album wasn't so much
0: the outsider album like the first two might have been. This one is more the fame album and how they're struggling to deal with it. And yeah, I I think Bugs is a little maybe too on the nose. It's not hard of a stretch to go from Bugs to the media. Um, And it's not great. And maybe it's not too clever. um, But I can see why they would put it on here. I could see what they were struggling with. and, And I could see why they might want to have this song on this album, which is about fame or a study of life, their life at that time.
1: But to move on from that song, maybe, because I guess we should get through the rest of this album.
0: There's only 17 more songs to go to. Yeah. Well, your numbering is very reliable.
1: So (laughs) what I have written down is the number 10, followed by um, Satan's Bed. Honestly, sometimes all you want from a Pearl Jam song, I think, is this song. I like it's like hail hail and do the evolution off the later albums. It's it sounds like it's from ten. There's a chorus that they're all chanting. Like this is this this is the only song too on the album. This is the only song where I feel like they're playing as a band and enjoying playing as a band.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 great. You um you don't have a problem with the fact that they brought um religion into it again?
1: Yeah, I don't, because I enjoy it. It's fun. And I don't feel like it's hitting me over the head with anything. Oh well, because it, because it,
0: I think it it is. What hitting, is it hitting you over the it's head? Trying with? to. I mean, I've always interpreted it as um, you're not going to partner with evil to get what you want. I, that that's I think is a pretty powerful theme and message, and I think it ties in again to the sudden concept that I'm putting together here for vitology, in that it's like um, I'm not going to do the corporate thing. Perhaps that's Satan. Um, so, yeah. But you didn't get that at the time.
1: I didn't. But as you're describing it now, that's cool. Satan's one of the f- more fun religious images, so <laughs> might as well use <laughs> that. And it's sure. a fun song. It doesn't feel self-important. If Bugs was a fun-sounding song, I wouldn't care that he was spelling out the word Bugs. That's not the word. But right I think, you
0: spell. know, artistically, Bugs is not supposed to be a fun-sounding song because the Bugs
1: are... are annoying to him the The song is annoying this is what separates concept album from album <laughs> you're right bugs is the epitome of artistic intention and therefore if it doesn't work for me i'm gonna hate it <laughs> sure because it's just there to be artistic and when art hits you right that's great but when it doesn't it's difficult to sit with it and if i'm coming to the album as an album just for music something like um the satan's bed where even if i don't get it I don't get the concept of what he's singing. It's a fun-sounding song. I can can feel that because I know that's how music works. And as much as I think I thought Pearl Jam represents me, I was still almost always drawn to the things that at least felt like songs. And Satan's Bed feels like a song.
0: Do you know what else feels like a song? The next
1: song. Yes, track 11. Yeah. What is track 11?
0: Jack 11 is better, man. And I think at the time, this was the big hit from the album. It's one of those songs that's beautiful. It's it's a little poppy. Um, but then when you really listen to it, and it's it's not hard to figure it out, it's, it's about a troubled relationship, maybe an abusive relationship. Um, and so it's a dark, lyrically song that maybe you don't get the first time. Maybe you just think it's a love song and she wants to break up. But then the more you think about it, the more you hear it, it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is
1: a harder song than that. That's artistic, really. If you're able to explore dark feelings, like that song Yellow Lead Better by them does the same thing. It's like dark feelings, upbeat melody, what do you make of it? And I like that. And this, you know, I was talking earlier about them being afraid of pop songs. I don't think they like this song. I don't think they like that this song was on the radio. I think this song is what Pearl Jam has become. I think when people think of the band, they think of this song.
0: If they're not fans of this song, they kind of bury it near the end and they put three other songs that you don't necessarily think of. Maybe you think of Immortality, but th- th- there's three songs left and two of them are just throwaways in a way. So it's almost like you're surrounding it with
1: trash. With trash by on purpose. Yeah. And the album could be a little shorter and a little more memorable if you took off something like track 12, Aye, Davenita. Sure,
0: I don't think it matters.
1: It means any data available is what it. Oh, means. Oh, is that
0: how? How did you get that?
1: I just typed in into my Google Chrome web browser, and it came I, up with that. I also did Google Translate, and it just gave me the same wording back. Wow, I'm pretty sure that's what it means. I don't know. This it feels like the part of another song, or maybe something you do live.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It you fade into it already playing, and then it fades out you know so you never get a beginning and end it just is a snippet
1: yeah it's instrumental right it's instrumental well i mean he's singing some
0: things he's he's vocalizing like a wooga he's he's a oh, yeah so he's a done. cartoon
1: wolf who just saw a singing girl in the club <laughs> that's exactly
0: it um and then he says Aida devanita uh, a couple times throughout it but um it's basically an instrumental yeah
1: this yeah, it felt really showy, differently from how Bugs felt showy. It just it, it just it was like a show off piece and I'm just like that's not why I come to the album. Again, maybe in concert this is cool. And maybe for people who play instruments it's cool, but but to me I just feel like this I don't I right now I can't even remember how it goes. And I know it's I just almost, listened to it yesterday.
0: It's almost like grunge jazz.
1: Uh, <laughs> half of those words doesn't mean anything anymore and the other half I despise. So
0: <laughs> and what does
1: that take us to then? Because we can skip right over that then. Well, the next song is Immortality, um, the track thirteen. Um, and I, I might have listened to this as a kid. I think because I, I, I remember it existing. It was a very self-important feeling. Yeah,
0: it's one of those that that I like when I'm listening to it, and I and I can barely remember what it sounds like when I'm not.
1: Were you thinking about life and death in 1994?
0: No, not really. I mean, I was thinking about life, I guess, but not death.
1: I don't think I thought about mortality or immortality. I'm sure I thought about death, but I think I probably perceived myself as invincible because I was young. Yeah. You know, so as a topic, it's weird. But, you know, this would be a fine way to end your album. It's a quieter song, so it eases you out. And it's familiar. I, this This is a familiar sound. Um, Something I don't think of when I think of Pearl Jam, something that maybe isn't what I would go to any band for, really. Is track 14. Sure. Called? Uh, You're going to make me say it? I'd like to make you say it,
0: yes. Sure. It's called, Hey, Foxy Mop Handle Mama, That's Me.
1: This one can't not think it's clever. Like, they thought they were really clever. It starts with the title. It's one of those classic Pearl Jam, what? This is your title? You don't know how titles work? This is just them saying, see, we're not viable in a, cor- in a commercial way. They're aware of that. It's become their thing. Look at this hard to approach. How are you going to penetrate this song? What is going on here? It's like, I don't think they listened to it. I don't think the poor child who's in it listened to it. And I never before yesterday have ever made it through the whole thing. Did you read anything about it?
0: I I did a little research into it.
1: So you looked at the Wikipedia page for Hey, Foxy, Moth Handle Mama, that's me? No,
0: I I looked at a different page. Oh. The recordings, um, the voices in there were taken from um, a tape recording that Eddie Vedder had made, taken from uh, a news program off the TV. So he recorded it from a TV program, which was interviewing uh, mental patients. Um, apparently the mental hospital was closing down and these people were being released and these were interviews and he recorded that. So I think there is a message. I think he was trying to, the the band or he was trying to put a message out there. I don't think it's well done. I don't think it's well done at all. Um, But I do think they were probably doing more than just putting garbage together. I think they tried something.
1: But you got this from researching it, which again, art can do. Like I had to look up how the emperor came back and rise of Skywalker. Now I know. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. I'd like to think that there's something behind it. And then maybe, and if it is, maybe it's just a project that fell short. That's the thing. Like, you can have intentions, and when they fall short, they fall short. And maybe you don't know that before it's played. Maybe that's the trick. I don't know.
0: Maybe that's the thing. It, it wants you to dig into it and figure out what it is.
1: Does it? Or just did nobody say, hey, why don't we not put that one on the album? It's not what you think it is. Because, again, they were still, what, 28, 29, maybe 30. They were still, They still had their pretensions. They were still full of themselves, as people are. They also were dealing with fame, like you're saying, so their egos were huge. This album might be just examples of nobody said, hey, that last piece, that seven minute piece about the mop, I don't think it's done. Why don't we not put on the album? And again, they're artists, I'm not saying they're not. But I am saying that this album does not represent them as artists, which is odd because of the three that I know, it's the highest concept one. So one that I feel is most unified by themes and ideas and packaging, this feels like the packaged example of both what you like about Pearl Jam and a reminder that well, that that you can't categorize Pearl Jam. That might be how the band started. But once you're working on not wanting to have an image, you've established that as your image. You're trapped in a loop. And I don't think this album is them just producing and making the music they want it to be. I think it's calculated and how it's put together, which again, is not bad. It's not a fault. It's, it's how things work. But it just didn't have the sincerity of the previous two albums. Mm,
0: I, I disagree I can't say that as a whole for the album. I could say it for, for several tracks. I think that there is a lot of sincerity in, in the majority of the songs here. I think there's there's a lot of great songs on here um, that that you like. Nothing Man, Better Man, Satan's Bad. Aside from the title, you like Spin the Black Circle. Uh, not, not for you. Corduroy. I've just named six songs, which would have been enough for the album, and then there's like two or three other really good ones, and then four that we could get rid of.
1: I guess what I'm saying is I like their songs. We listen to it as an album to discuss it as an album. And as an album, I don't think it works. I think where they were as people is not what they were singing about in all of this album. And that's, that's the issue I kind of have. And I didn't have it then. I was just liking the songs I liked and identifying with other things because I was in this tumultuous time of finding myself.
0: Yeah, I, I have a very almost directly opposite opinion of that. I think the songs were about where they were, because they were songs about fame and, and dealing with that. There were some other songs that were specifically about a character or a story uh, or listening to music. But then the other songs in there, I think, did have themes about what they were, were, were living with.
1: But you weren't relating to that at the time.
0: I was taking, and as we said earlier, I was taking the snippets I could understand and applying them to my life at that time, which is what I would have done with any song, and I and what, it's what I did with the songs now. I can apply them to my life, some of them, to my life now. It's a different. I mean, it's totally different situation than I was in college, but I can still find themes and ideas that fit what I'm dealing with today.
1: But you pick and choose, right? Is there a Pearl Jam album you listen to all the way through still?
0: Um. I well I just don't listen to albums all the way through anymore. that's just not how I, I pick up music mm-hmm. um, So no but when I load the songs when I load the albums into into iTunes or whatever, I do take the whole album. I take the whole of the, these first three albums save for the the filler tracks on this one the non-song tracks.
1: If you whittled it down, what's the perfect number of tracks off of this You don't have to say what they are, but like how many tracks would you take off? Nine. You would take off nine tracks. Or you would keep
0: nine? I, no, no, no. I would I would leave nine. There are nine tracks I would keep, so I would take off one, two. What's the math? I don't because my my numbering is off.
1: Well, there's in total there's fourteen. So you're taking off five tracks. Five. Yeah. Yeah. No, nine's a good album. So there is a good album in there for you. Yeah. I don't think there's a full album in this one for me. And I'd have to go back and listen to it. I don't know if there was in ten to be honest. There are songs on ten I love, but I don't think I ever listened to that all the way through either. Yeah, like off the top of my head, I think there's like
0: four or five songs that I really like. Well, the album
1: would tell you there's 10.
0: But I'm saying there's four or five. You know what we should do someday, Tim, is go back and do a 10 compact discussion. We skipped right over it.
1: We did. We will. Not next week, but at some point.
0: We got to finish the trilogy by going to the prequel?
1: I think we did that with a few other trilogies in the past and you listener could do the work and track down which trilogies it was by visiting the <laughs> nada holograms web page of n a h pods oh my god i was doing really kind of well and then i just spit on myself uh yes that's what Not threw a- you
0: what was that your own your own saliva that's what that threw you off your game
1: yeah it's dissolving me as i speak speak poorly by spitting. And you can hear me spit on multiple episodes and see if Bob is able to dodge it by visiting the Not A Hologram's webpage at nahpods.com. That's the homepage of this show. 20th twentieth Century Pop. What's happening? Oh my god. 20th We've been Century talking for,
0: Pop. for hours, so... About this your, album. Your tongue no. is just exhausted.
1: Alright, yeah. So visit that website, is what I'm saying. Because it's, it's a website for the show. You can subscribe to the show there. You can find past episodes there. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Twenty Popcasts. There, as well as see links to a couple of other shows that I and Bob have 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 both been on. That's not a hologram's at nahpods.com. Good luck editing this together, Tim. Uh, Bob, what, what, what can people do for you about you? How can they? Uh,
0: Folks can follow, follow me. Folks can follow me on Twitter at r h Canning. Um, I always ask folks to share their opinions of what we've talked about. So I want to know, do you like this album? Is it a concept album? Um, is there a message in those songs that we don't care for? Share your thoughts. Please do. You know what's weird about this album?
1: And, and we can close on this. I, until you said it, have always thought it was, Hey, Foxy, Moth Handle Mama, that's me. It's my really? Handle. Yeah, probably, you know, the H is there, but...
0: It just goes to show that we uh, disregarded the song almost immediately. Yes, you know who did not—the band. No, well, they probably did. Like, what do they do with a song like this? Do they open their concerts? They they walk out to it?
1: Well, when you disregard something, you don't put it on an an album that you're asking people to buy as a representation of you as a band, because that forces people to discuss it. Twenty. Six years later, on a podcast <laughs> listened to by six or seven people at the Nota Holograms webpage, that I twice now have spoken of, you don't do that. You know, I guess not. you put a Kaiser helmet on, sure. You walk around <laughs> wearing that. You, you get shocked that people wear vests. You know, that's what you do. That's, you, you, you mumble your way through saying oh, I didn't know that they'd be paying me money and that this money would make people want to hear me buy my album, you don't do that oh, you know. and you probably don't go see Neil Young with your Ticketmaster 2 for 1 purchase I saw you Eddie Vedder I know what you did I know how you got into that concert backstage, you pretended you, pretended you knew the lyrics to keep on rocking in the free world when, if you really listen to his performance he's saying keep on blah blah blah, is what he says it sounds like he goes underwater and next week, I'll be doing multiple celebrities underwater impressions, singing Neil Young hits. I keep, i learned this new thing where I was trying to be like, how far am I supposed to be from the mic? They say six inches, but then they also said like, if you can ex- Extend your pinky and thumb. That's how close it should be. Almost like you're saying, like, "Hey, hook them horns" or something. Yeah. So I keep doing that, like I'm pretending to drink a, a, a German stein <laughs> in a play. But I, I would keep have doing to that.
0: Get closer. This is this is my pinky thumb distance right here. Does that sound okay?
1: It sounds like it is. Okay. I'm I usually back here.
0: Okay. That, no, you sound that, exactly the same. Okay. So I don't think pinky thumb makes
1: too much of a difference for me. And this but did you do did setup. you do a thing like you were drinking out of a stein mug because yes. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good time. I that, would. Uh, it just makes it, was that? It's also the call me. Call me. Is it still? Because now I think call me is you make the letter C with your hand, or really? or you know what I do? I just pull out my real phone and I hold that up <laughs> and I point at it and I go call me. Because now we carry those around. Yeah, I would have to be something like uh, you know like write me a letter. I would have to pretend because I don't carry those devices with me never really did it's not like i used to be like oh well, before cell phones everybody walked around with a pad of paper stamps <laughs> no note, notepad an envelope and a pen you what and i times have changed did you yeah you had stamps well you know because i
0: i took my backpack pretty much everywhere even after college
1: sure and that's and full of stamps and post postal material
0: i don't know that was it full of packing but it peanuts? certainly had pads of paper and pens
1: I guess I did, too. I still do. I bought some little notebooks recently because I thought, hey, I might be working again sometime this year. Absolutely. Haven't busted them open yet, but hopefully. I opened one. I wrote down an address in it. Not any place I was going, just 1414 Poop Butt Lane. Hope to get there someday. It was a blank piece of paper. I had to put something on it.